0: choir. It's good to see you this evening. We're excited about our missions conference. Glad you're here. Looking forward to what God's going to do in our hearts and through us this year as we consider the need for the lost around the world. If you're tuning in online, we're thankful that you're attending online as well, and we're looking forward to a wonderful service. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus Christ that makes all this possible. We're thankful for his love, for his sacrifice, and Father, I pray that as we Spend these next few days worshiping together, singing the songs of Zion, and being challenged about the need of the lost around the world, that we would be faithful to the Great Commission. We pray that you would work among us and move among us in a mighty way. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple things, just as we get started this evening. We have a couple spots that are open on the nursery um, volunteer sheet. And So if you want to sign up for those last two spots that are out there, that would be a great blessing if they're not already filled all right so ladies if you can uh, help us with that and then also just a reminder we're going to have our class for our youngest kids uh each night this week and uh you need to dismiss when i begin to introduce the speaker and that'll help me remember to remind you when you get up and just start walking out all right that's right all right good amen the other thing i want to talk about is our bookmark now normally we pass these out at our international banquet but I wanted to get them out every night this week. I realize sometimes people can't make it to our international bookmark, our, our international <laughs> banquet. We want this bookmark to be international, all right? So this could be the beginning of something viral right here, right? But it's a wonderful bookmark. It has our conference theme. And then it has all of our missionaries that are with us this week and this year. Use this. Put it in your Bible. It'll Keep this fresh in your heart as we pray for these folks throughout the year. And So make sure you pick one of these up. It's on the back table. They will be on the back table all week. And we'll be making this announcement all week because we want you to take this and use this as a tool in your uh, your life to remind you of what God's doing in this week.
1: you choir. Will you all take your conference booklet please? Conference booklets and turn near the back to page 20. Page 20 in your conference booklet. The song is Christ for the world we sing. The tune is Come Thou Almighty King. Will you stand with me please and we'll sing this together.
2: Christ for
1: Before we sing this final stanza, I'm going to let the choir come down and join you, so please fellowship with those around you for just a moment as the piano plays. Let's find our places please and we'll sing this final stanza together Christ for the world we sing Christ for the world
2: we sing
0: seated please amen as you look at your conference booklet now and encourage you if you look at page I think it's 17 or 18 uh, we're going to use that in just a moment that's for the needs we'll have the missionaries come up in just a little bit and that's so you can write down the needs that they're going to give to you this evening but uh, our first missionary that's presenting their field is uh, brother Matthew Schrock it's great to have him I know his older brother we were in school together And uh, it's a blessing to have them in our conference. And so we're going to play his video at this time. And then Brother Schrock's going to make some comments and take some questions like we normally do.
3: The Ivory Coast, also known as Côte d'Ivoire, is a country about the size of New Mexico. About 28 million people live in the Ivory Coast, and about half of them live in villages. Over the last 200 years, life in America has changed dramatically with the invention of cars, TV, iPhones, and internet. But life in West African villages has remained virtually the same. In a village like this here in Côte d'Ivoire, there's often no electricity and no internet access. People can't just look up your church website, read about the gospel, and hear good preaching whenever they want to. The country has no heritage of Christianity, and access to the true gospel is very limited. Every day in the Ivory Coast, you can hear the Muslim call to prayer. You can see people worshiping their ancestors. And you can see people who are led astray by the false teachings of charismatic churches. All evidence of the incredible need that is here. This is why God has led us to evangelize and to plant Bible preaching churches here in Côte d'Ivoire. I'm Matthew Schrock, and in May of 2022, my wife Susanna and I embarked on a 12-month survey trip to the Ivory Coast, West Africa. During our time there, God blessed us with the safe delivery of our baby girl, Sila. Our objectives for this year in the Ivory Coast were to gain experience from working with my father-in-law, missionary Dan Cuthbertson, to determine a location for our future ministries, and for me to learn French. God graciously allowed us to accomplish all three of these goals during our time in Côte d'Ivoire. When we arrived in the Ivory Coast, we began working with the Cuthbertsons in San Pedro, and during that time, God allowed us to see several people trust Christ as Savior. With the help of two language tutors, my French progressed to the point that I no longer needed an interpreter, and I had many opportunities to preach and to teach in French. Besides the obvious benefits of learning the language, our time here helped us learn many important things about ministry, particularly in the Ivorian culture. To say that this year of experience was beneficial is a huge understatement, and we're so thankful that God gave us this opportunity. While God has primarily given us a burden to plant churches, He is also leading us to eventually start a youth camp As people get saved and come to church, we plan to incorporate a literacy program as part of discipleship. Before we spent this year in the Ivory Coast, we were pretty sure that God wanted to use us here, but we weren't exactly sure what all we were getting into. This year allowed us to experience firsthand ministry in this country, and God made it even more clear to us that he wants us to come back to serve him in the Ivory Coast. Jesus said in John 4 35 lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are ripe already to harvest we believe the problem is not that we need more opportunities to share the gospel but that we need to lift up our eyes to see the opportunities that are already before us in West Africa opportunities to share the gospel abound but there are also plenty of opportunities to share the gospel in the United States some people ask What's the best way to encourage missionaries? One of the things that encourages us the most is when we hear that you are winning souls to Christ as well. Will you join us in lifting up our eyes to see the opportunities that are before us? There's a need for the gospel in every part of the world, but would you pray and ask God how he wants to use you to reach the people of this particular country with the gospel of Jesus Christ? We recognize the power of prayer, and we ask you to pray for us as we plant churches in Cote d'Ivoire. All right, well, I hope that gives you a little bit better idea of our ministry there in the Ivory Coast. And i just want to extend our gratitude to you all for our your hospitality to us um, already during our time here we love coming to missions conferences Uh, it's it's a highlight for us but i can tell already that you all have put a tremendous amount of work into this one and we just want to say thank you very much for having us Um, i was just going to say a couple of things that maybe the video didn't quite mention or maybe elaborate on a couple of things Um, but i do realize that This approach that we took in spending a year in the Ivory Coast before we began deputation, it's a little bit different, a little bit unconventional, um, but we're really thankful that God opened that opportunity to us. Um, There were many benefits, uh, as I mentioned, the experience and learning the language and things like that. Um, But just in addition to that, God really confirmed in our hearts that he wants us to go back to the Ivory Coast and where specifically in the country that he wants us to go back to So we're really, really excited to get back there. Um, It's one of those things, it's kind of interesting, you know, you can take a missions trip, uh, you could spend a couple of weeks in a country, and I encourage that. We would love to have people come visit us in the Ivory Coast on missions trips, but you don't get the exposure that you do if you would spend a long period of time there like that. I remember about um, three months into our time there, it kind of hit me that, you know what, I'm stuck here, whether I like it or not, and I did enjoy it, praise the Lord, but Um, it takes a little bit of time for that to settle in. And there are cultural things that you have to adjust to. Um, And I am very blessed in that I have a wife that grew up on that mission field. I'm so thankful for her and for her help. There are some things that are so much easier to get through when I had a wife that is already familiar with the culture and the language and things like that. So uh, we've been extremely blessed. I'm just thankful for that. I'll share a couple of things with you. Um, just as I was learning the language there in the Ivory Coast, um, this was a, th- there are humorous things that happen as you're trying to learn language. Uh, one time I was preaching in a church plant that my father-in-law had started there in the, uh, the town of San Pedro. And I was getting to the end of the message, and I could tell that people were getting drowsy and, and kind of, um, it was hot and they were getting sleepy. So I wanted to keep their attention, right? So this is what I said in, in French. I said, "Je sais que tout le monde est fatigué, mais ne faut pas dormir parce que je suis presque fini." Now, what I meant to say, what I thought I said, was, "I know everyone's tired, uh, but don't fall asleep. I'm almost finished." And what I actually said was, uh, "Don't fall asleep. I'm almost dead." <laughs> <laughs> there are things like that that are just inevitable uh, when you're learning a language. But I'm very thankful for people who are patient with me. Um, and I was able to uh, achieve a level of fluency where I could preach uh, m- multiple times before we left there. Plan to get an interpreter when we go back to the co- or uh, uh, sorry a tutor when we go back to the country so that I can continue uh, learning French there. Uh, but one of the benefits of doing it this way is that when we finish deputation, we will not have to go to language school um, that 's something that a lot of missionaries have to do, and it works best for a lot of missionaries, but since my wife uh, is already fluent, and I got to learn the language while we were there. We won't have to go to language school. We'll just finish deputation and, and go straight to the field and start working there. Uh, so we're thankful for that. We got back from the Ivory Coast in May of 2022, and we did a little bit of deputation over the summer, um, but we began deputation officially in October when we joined Baptist World Mission. And we've been traveling since then. We're, praise the Lord, we're at uh, 25% right now. And looking forward to getting back to the Ivory Coast hopefully uh, by the end of next year so does anyone have any questions maybe that came to mind as you were watching the video or or maybe as I was talking yes Um, uh, 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 ma'am the the national language is French Um, there are a lot of tribal languages they're about 60 different tribal dialects um, but most people are they speak French understand French it's what's taught in their education system in the schools um, as far as did you ask about the the level of education well, that's what I'm about. They read, they sure um, most I would say most people in the bigger cities know how to read um, what we would like to do is to reach a bunch of the villages that surround the bigger cities. And the problem in some of those villages is, is that uh, a lot of them never did learn to read. So we would like to start a literacy program for those who accept Christ and start coming to our church. Um, there are literacy programs that the government has for, peop- for, for everybody. But we would like a literacy program specifically for new converts so that they can learn then to read their Bible and grow on their own when they're not at church So, does that answer your question okay yes ma'am mmm anybody else uh, I saw a hand back there yes yes right there I do speak French yes ma'am <laughs> anybody else our biggest obstacle um, I didn't really mention in the video, but um, the the religions that are there are you have a a big presence of charismatic movement, um, and so that that is an obstacle because what it does is it it brings a lot of their tribal beliefs, their rituals and things into the church and cleans it up and says, okay, this is okay now, um, because it's in church. And that's a big obstacle. Um, the Ivorians are very open to the gospel, so. They're, but the, the, the problem with that is they're open to everything. So you have the, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses that come in there and, and tons of other religions. That's a big obstacle, getting them to realize that it's only Jesus Christ. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. The Ivory Coast is on the west coast of Africa. So if you, um, let me set this down, if you look at the Ivory Coast um, with uh, the longer part sticking, uh, Africa, with the longer part sticking down, the Ivory Coast is over here. (laughs) I don't know if that helps at all, but I'm sorry? We did visit different cities while we were there. Um, We we got to go to different parts of the country uh, several different times, so. Uh, we are planning. Uh, if we're hoping to go to a spot that's on the edge of the region of Ma, it's called. It's, it's spelled like Man, but you leave the N off, and it's Ma. So we're going to hopefully plant a church on the edge of the the city of Ma, where it's near enough villages that we can reach the villages as well that surround it. So, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Are the biggest snakes there? Oh, the biggest snakes there. Hmm. Um, my wife actually might be able to answer that one better than I can. I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce my wife earlier. Um, This is my wife, Susanna, and our newest addition, Lucas, he didn't make it on the video. He was born the day after Christmas, so. Um, But the biggest snake in the Ivory Coast, what do you think? Yeah, you don't want to mess with them. <laughs> yes. What's the, main dish? the main dish in the Ivory Coast is rice. Oh. So they take rice and they put um, any kind of, they put a bunch of different sauces and meats on it. But they eat rice basically every single day. So, Yes, ma'am. When we go back, we will try to land there with, with my father-in-law and their ministry um, for maybe about six months or so, get our feet back on the ground, get back in the language and stuff. And then we're planning to go about eight hours northwest to the, the region of Ma that I talked about. Thanks, ma'am. Okay. ma'am. Uh, one more. i got a hand back here, I think. Yes, sir. kind of animals live there. There are a lot of animals, um, but the elephant is the national animal. So it was called the Ivory Coast because people used to hunt the elephants for their ivory tusks. Um, But most, there are not a lot of animals around the cities because people hunt them and eat them. So if you want to see a lot of animals, you have to go really far into the bush. So thank you all for listening.
1: Amen. Take your conference booklet, please, and go to the very back page. This has our theme song. And as we sing this theme chorus, just the chorus together, I will ask all our guest missionaries to join us on the platform here. Will you stand with me, please, and we'll sing the chorus together.
2: I will boldly go forward in With the news of salvation for us in stricken world, never drawing back in fear or unbelief, I will boldly go forward, forward with the gospel.
0: Thank you. Be seated, please. All right. We, are, we love this time here at Great Hope. If you're new to Great Hope, this is a time when we have our missionaries give up and give, uh, give the needs that they have, both personally and for, mission, uh, for mi- their ministry. And uh, on page 17, we've given you a spot there in your book to be able to, uh, to write those down and pray about it, uh, to either give towards them financially or to be able to provide that need when it is, uh, if, it, if you're able to do so. I will say this to y'all that are uh, watching online. Uh, we're going to start over here to my right, work our way across the platform, but we will kill the feed for just a little bit and come back on, uh, just for the security of one of our missionaries. Brother Kerr, if you want to start, just introduce yourself, and uh, of course, don't give your whole presentation. You'll do that another night, and then go into the, the needs that you have. Absolutely. So my name's Kyler Kerr.
4: I... Just a few of our needs. Uh, about, well, I'll give this. We have seventy-five percent of our support, so a lot of our needs are our startup costs. So, a generator, which is roughly three to five hundred dollars, uh, funds for a second family vehicle. Uh, that's anywhere from five to ten thousand. Uh, and then the last thing is money for appliances uh, when we get there.
5: Hello, my name is Kyle Birchwell. This is my wife, Elizabeth. Honey, smile, wave, do all that good stuff. Please uh, stop by our table and pick up a prayer card. Uh, Thank you guys very much for the opportunity to be here with you for your missions conference. I will say I have never uh, been told before to present a list of needs. Uh, I had one, and uh, my wife said I needed more, so she made me a list. But uh, I'm sorry, honey. Uh, The Lord is doing some amazing things. One of of our biggest needs right now is we're working on the literature container project. And uh, in the month of January, so just last month, we sent out a prayer letter and we put a little post on Facebook, nothing big, uh, just saying that we were getting ready to look to purchase a 40-foot shipping container. Uh, We're going to pack that thing out with John and Romans, with Bibles, with other evangelistic literature. It will be all literature on that container uh, for tax purposes. And we are going to own that container and ship that container. And we were looking to raise $5,000 to be able to start that process. And uh, praise the Lord, the Lord has already brought that that in. Actually, I just purchased that container yesterday, and so that's being shipped to a place near our church when we start loading that. Uh, But there are still some other expenses that come along with that. Uh, We're looking to build specific pallets uh, with specific materials so that when we arrive in Liberia, those pallets will be disassembled and they will be transformed into bookshelves. It's a little bit more expensive than your typical pallet. On top of that, some of the literature that we're looking to bring, uh, we will not be able to receive as donation. We're just going to have to purchase that. And then on top of that, uh, it's going to cost around $8,000 probably to ship uh, this container, we hadn't even started looking at raising money for that yet, because we thought it would be a couple months before the Lord provided for the container. But praise the Lord, He's already done that. Uh, so those those needs with that container, probably around eight thousand dollars for shipping costs, and then on top of that, probably about an extra. Uh, my wife has down here twenty five hundred dollars uh, for Rebecca curriculum for literacy. Uh, that will be once, as, uh, as Brother Schrock already mentioned, We well, you're behind me now. Uh, that's a huge evangelistic outreach, outreach opportunity, and we like to capitalize on that. My wife has a teaching degree. On top of that, some Bible flashcards, about $300. And then we are attending a missionary medical uh, uh, institute uh, in May, and uh, the tuition for that is about twelve hundred dollars uh... so we would appreciate that That would be a need as well there's some other things we might be prepared to mention tomorrow but thank you for the opportunity appreciate you guys looking forward to talking with you through the rest of the week
3: i'm matthew schrock um... i likewise have never had this opportunity to or a thing like this where we share our needs so uh... i have two things on my list tonight um... I wasn't going to ask for this one, but someone told us we need to, so <laughs> we enjoy the fruits and stuff in the Ivory Coast, and so my wife really wants a uh, freeze dryer. Um, those are kind of expensive, around $300, uh, or $3,000, I'm sorry. Um, so that's one of them. Another thing that we need is a socket set. Uh, we would, this would be great for us as we travel um, in case we have car problems. The one I would like to get is a DeWalt socket set. It's around $200. Thank you.
1: Thank you, men. If you would, all please take your conference booklet, turn to page 22. Page 22, Hark the Master Calleth. The tune is Onward, Christian Soldiers. And as we sing, I'll ask our missionary guests to uh, go down off the platform again. Thank you, men. Uh, Hark the Master Calleth. Will you stand with me, please, as we sing?
2: Mark, the Master calleth before me.
1: Wonderful. Be seated, please, and we'll sing one more song together. Page 20. Page 20, down at the bottom, If They Never See the Light. The tune is At the Cross.
2: Praise God, and since my Savior bled, and since my sovereign Oh, what loss if they never see the light And if no one takes their burdens all away If the heathen die in the gloom of sinful night If they never know a single happy day See then, it's written in his word, calling so few why do we call the Savior Lord but fail his work to do oh what loss oh what loss if they never see the light and if no one takes their burdens all away if the he gloom of sinful night if they never know a single happy day is it not now loss if they never see the light and if no one takes their burdens all away if the heathen die in the gloom of sinful night if they
1: never know a single happy day wonderful singing this evening the Whitehurst family is coming to minister in song thank you folks
6: There is peace and contentment In the Father's house today Lots of food on his table And no one is turned away There is singing and laughter As the hours pass by But a hush calms the singing as the father sadly cries
7: My house is
6: full but my field is empty Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my field, no one wants to work in my field, push away from the table, look out through the window pane, just beyond the house of plenty lies a field of golden grain, and it's white unto harvest. But the reapers, where are they in the house? Oh, can't the children hear the father sadly say? My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table. But no one wants to work in my field. No one wants to work in my field. It seems my children all want to stay. But no one wants to work in my field. No one wants to work in my field.
0: Amen, thank you Whitehurst family. At this time, I'll dismiss our little kids they can head that way. And I'll also ask my wife to come to the front. And uh, each year we take up an offering for our missionary wives. I'm going to ask the missionary wives if you'd head this way. She has an envelope for you. Each one of our missionary wives. It's in our conference. Ms. fall that's you. Yes, there you go. All right, ladies. Our, um, we're missing one, aren't we? There we go, from the back. Our, our uh, churches, uh, really predominantly our ladies, have given to this. And uh, we're going to take you shopping tomorrow, and we didn't want you to spend your husband's money, all right? And so in each of those envelopes, I believe it's $650 for each of you to be able to buy things for yourself. I guess we'll let you buy something for your husband, all right? But uh, we want to be a blessing to you, and we're excited about taking you shopping tomorrow. Thank you so much for being in our conference. You can have a seat. You know, many times we we honor the men, and rightly so. And the calling they have, but without these ladies supporting these men, I think very little would get done in missions. And uh, we as a church always want to take an opportunity to honor our missionary wives and thank them for their ministry alongside their husband. Amen. It's good to have the Kerr family with us. And uh, brother, you're among friends. Come preach to us. Thanks for being here.
4: Thank you. If you'd turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter number 73. Psalm chapter number 73. It is a blessing to be here and I'll say it right now and for my wife thank you for taking care of the missionaries and their wives. Uh, I could not do what I do without her. Uh, she is amazing. Uh, Psalm chapter number 73. We'll be working through uh, pretty much the entire passage tonight. Uh, so keep a finger there but I jump to a lot of different scriptures, so keep your Bible handy. Psalm chapter seventy-three, verse one it says this: "Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone; my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men; neither are they plagued like other." Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt, and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people will return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how doth God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today and for all that you've done for us, Lord. I pray that you'd give me the words to say and the people, the ears to hear, Lord. Lord, I pray that there's somebody here that doesn't know who's their Lord and personal Savior, that they wouldn't leave this building tonight without coming to that knowledge. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody here that you're calling to full-time ministry or to serve you, Lord, I pray that they would do that. Lord, just help us now as we get, dig into your word, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You dive into this passage, and what you start to see is this man named Asaph. Asaph's here, he's, he's speaking to God, and he's saying, Hey, God, look, look, do you not understand who I am? I'm your servant. Do you not understand who I am, and do you not understand who these other people are? These are the ungodly. These are the ones who are not serving you. These are the ones who don't know you. God, I do know you. God, I serve you. Why are they prospering and I'm not? God, why, why are so many great things happening to them and not me? God, do you not know who I am? And he starts breaking this down and he starts asking him and he says, God, what's going on with this? This evening, I want to just look at three simple points from this passage of scripture. And the first one is this. Truly, God is good to us. You look here at verse number one, it says, Truly God is good to Israel. Well, okay. When you start reading your Bible, you understand that there are things that are promised to Israel that are not promised to us. We don't take the place of Israel. But I can say, through personal experience, that God is good to us. You go and you start reading your Bible, and it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. I had a friend here recently, he's getting ready to start deputation, and he asked me, he said, Kyler, you've started deputation, you've gotten a good ways through it, how do you get around when you first start deputation? Like, how do you have food on your table? I said, it's simple. I trust that there's going to be food on my table tonight. I mean, I trust that God's going to provide my needs. He takes care of me every single step of the way. I can honestly say, truly God is good to me. Truly God is good to us. But I want to ask you, because if you continue reading this, it says, even to our such of a clean heart. I'd like to ask you this evening, how's your heart? Come on. Kyler, what's my heart have to do with missions? I'd say everything. Because if your heart does, isn't right now, <laughs> missions doesn't work. Yeah. If my heart was never right with God, how would God call me to missions? That's right. Come on. You look here and you read, flip back to Psalm 51. I want you to see this, Psalm 51. Verse 1. Your heart's got to be right. You look here at Psalm 51, verse 1, it says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin." For I acknowledge my transgression, transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceived me. Catch the end of this passage, though. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Kyler, what's so important about my heart? Everything. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The heart happens to be a pretty big factor when it comes to missions. It's a big deal. You start reading this passage of scripture and you get to verse number 6 in Psalm chapter number 73. And Asaph is complaining. He's talking to God and he, he says, God, look at all their pride. They're, they're so full of pride. And he never thought, you know what, how would I stop for a second and examine my own pride? Yeah. Look, missions is a big deal to me. Seeing other people saved is a big deal to me. It starts with me getting out of the way. It starts with us getting out of the way. Because if we never start with the heart, how are we going to ask God to speak to it? I ask you this evening, how's your heart? But continue on. Do you ever admit to God when you are struggling? You go through and you continue reading this. In verse number two, it says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I'm starting to fall backwards, God. I'm not understanding what you're doing. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Here's verse number six with their pride. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, and they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh throughout the earth. He's got this issue because everyone around him isn't living for God. And you continue reading in verse 13, it says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. How many of you have that little excerpt on top of the Psalm 73 that says who the author is? I saw three hands. Okay, there we go. You're listening. That's good. The author is Asaph. Now, if I was to ask you, how many of you know who Asaph is? How many of you could actually say, hey, I know who that is? Yeah, no, he's not like David or Paul or any of these big name figures that we actually go through and typically study out. Turn over to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. You need to realize who the author here is. Who the one that is backsliding, the one who is looking around him and saying, God, what are you doing? Because it just so happens as you read and you learn who he is, that you find that Asaph's a Levite. Well, what's interesting about the Levites? When the Levites were or when the the nation of Israel was divided the land, the Levites didn't get any land. Their inheritance was the Lord. Okay, so Asaph's inheritance is the Lord. But we go on and we continue reading into First Chronicles 16 and we learn more about Asaph. It says in verse number 1, so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God and when David had made an end of offerings and bur- the, had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a, a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine, and he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Well. You continue on to that next verse, and it says, Asaph the chief. Asaph's this first person who he's mentioned. So here Asaph is, he's the chief musician uh, appointed by David. And what is he to do? It said he that he is to minister before the ark of the Lord, that he is to record, that he is to thank, and that he is to praise the Lord God of Israel. Now, when you get into Psalm chapter 73, I don't see that happening. Do you? Do you notice anywhere in Psalm seventy-three at the first thirteen verses where he says, "Hey God, thank you for this, Lord, I praise you for that." No. He said, "God, why has He got this and why has He got that?" He got his priorities out of line. He got to thinking about self more than others. He got to this point where I'm the chief musician. I'm a Levite. Lord, I'm serving in your temple. What's going on here? His heart was wrong. You realize that if our heart is in the right position, then we'll be that person that is willing to say, you know what? God, how much should I give to missions? God, is it me you want to use? Lord, is it myself that needs to be in that offering plate? We can get to that position because we're now in a point of, hey, my heart's right with God. Hey, you, you continue reading the book of Psalms and it says, if I regard iniquity within my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I've got to be right with him. I've got to have my heart right with him. missions ever to work. Number one, truly God is good to us. But number two, truly God can direct us. Continue on in verse number thirteen. Here Asaph says, "Verily I cleanse my heart in vain, and wash my hands in innocency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Oh, but catch verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. I, he finally comes to this point where he's like, you know what? I'm seeing everybody else prospering and not me, so what should I do? I'll just walk back into the sanctuary of God and I'll finally come to this point of seeking him. Why didn't he do that in the first place? Why is it that oftentimes we'll seek other things first before God? Does it not say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God? Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We're supposed to acknowledge him. We're supposed to go to him. We're supposed to ask for help. We're supposed to ask for direction. But oftentimes, it is easier just to kind of mosey around and say, You know what? Things aren't going the way I want them to. So I'll let somebody else do it. Hey, you know what? I am not great at soul winning. So let pastor go do it. Hey, God can never use me on a mission field. Let that missionary go do it. We start limiting God. Can I be honest with you? Go to Exodus 4 and see how that worked for Moses. Who hath made man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? Don't tell God what he can't do with you. Truly God can direct us, but he can't direct somebody who's not willing to be directed. He can't direct somebody, catch this one, who's not listening. I'm sorry, it's an important part of missions. <laughs> Truly God can direct us. Asaph finally comes to this point of understanding. You Go back to verse 17. It says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. He finally comes to this understanding of, God, why are they prospering and I'm not? Because I've got you for all eternity. And they don't. Why doesn't that bother us? Spin a globe. Put your finger there. There's a missionary needed. Go across the street. There's a missionary needed. Our world's not getting better. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers. Why? The need is great. The laborers are few. Kyler, what are you saying? I'm not saying you have to go to a foreign field. If God tells you to, say yes. But if God says go across the street and knock on your neighbor's door and invite them to church, say yes. If he says give your waitress a gospel track at the next restaurant you go to, give it. I saw gospel tracks when I walked in the door. If you don't have one, grab one on your way out. Why? Because this is where missions begins. It starts with having a right heart. It starts with allowing God to direct us. If I never asked God, "Hey God, where do you want me to go? How would I know I'm going to Zambia?" Asaph finally comes to this point. He walks into the sanctuary of God. he, he starts looking around, and he starts wondering what's going on, and he finally understands therein. He d- understands that He's got God for all eternity, and they don't. You keep reading and you look at verse number 21 and it says, Thus was my heart grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant, I was as a beast before thee. Are you ever grieved about the needs of this world? Are you ever grieved about the fact that there are thousands of people that will die and spend all eternity in hell? And have you ever asked yourself why they're going to spend eternity in hell? It's because of me. There are people I went to high school with that will spend eternity in hell because I never told them. There are people I have crossed paths with that I didn't tell. And they will spend eternity in hell because I didn't tell them. I have to live with that. Who do you pass on a daily basis that needs to know who he is? Because trust me, I look around the country of Zambia and I understand there are people that need to know who Jesus is in Zambia. Ask Brother Birchwell. There's people in Liberia that need to know who Jesus is. Ask any missionary you ever come across that country has a need there are people there lost dying and going to hell and they need a missionary and then look around your community and realize they need a missionary too go to Matthew chapter number 28 verse 18 through 20 and i love this two word phrase in there it says go ye You go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and it, for some reason, says the exact same phrase. It says, go ye. And so often we look at those two words, and it's easy to say, go ye means the church staff. I'm sorry, I grew up in church. I had that thought at one point. Why? Because that's who God called. God's using them. Does that mean he can't use me? No, it means get up and go tell somebody. You have a mission field that I can't reach, but you can. Why? Because I don't live here. Chesapeake, Virginia, I'll be honest, today is the first day I've ever been in Virginia. This is a foreign land to me. I have been to Zambia before. You've got people here that you can reach that I can't. Would you do me a favor? Go reach them. Please. Not for me. But because there's a Savior that loved them so much that he died on a cross to save them from their sins. I don't want to be ignorant and say maybe there's somebody here that needs to know him too. Look, I love telling my testimony. I love sharing it with others. I grew up in church. This is mission conference. It means we have church Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday is a banquet. And then we have church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Guess what? Growing up in church... And my parents having me there, every single time the doors are open, I would be there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And you ask my wife her testimony, and she says, I was there before the doors opened on Wednesday night, Thursday night. Look, I was always in church. When I was eight years old, my sister and I went to vacation Bible school. She walked the aisle one night, accepted Christ as her Savior. We went home, we told, she told my parents, and my parents were ecstatic. What parents aren't thrilled when their kid gets saved? I saw that excitement on my parents' faces, and I decided, you know what, I'll make the same decision. So I did, ignorantly. I knew no clue about what I was doing or who this God was. And for the next 10 years of my life, I lived a lie. 2014, I went to Zambia for the first time. 2015, I got trained in child evangelism. 2016, I went to Fiji, Samoa, and Belize. I started traveling the world and telling people about a God who I didn't know. I could tell them how they were going to heaven, but I wasn't. Into 2016, I turned 18. I was in my senior year of high school. And I went to a friend's house after... uh, church on January 15th, 2017. We were watching a Dallas Cowboys versus Green Bay Packers game, just in case you were curious. (laughs) I'm not for either one of those teams. But that's who we were watching. Watched the game, can't tell you who won, nor do I care. Got in my car and I drove home. During that game, I didn't realize something. It began to snow outside. So I got in my car and I drove home and About seven minutes into my drive, going 75 miles an hour, I lost control. How many of you have done donuts in the middle of the highway at 75 miles an hour? Uh, Just, just two. I don't. It's not fun. It is terrifying. As my car spun, all I could think of was, if somebody hits me tonight, I am going straight to hell. No question mark. I'm not stupid. I knew exactly where I was going. Why? Because I'd already come to the realization of I was a sinner. I just didn't want to do anything about it. So I continued doing nothing about it. Got home that week and I continued living like I did every other week until January 20th, 2017 came. I walked into my living room and I decided I'd had enough of it. I told my dad, I said, hey, I'm not saved. Can you help me with this? And he looked at me and he said, no. He said, Kyler, you've traveled the world. You've told people how they can go to heaven. Why can't you walk into your bedroom and tell yourself? So I did. I walked in my bedroom. I knelt down next to my bed and I asked Christ to come into my heart and save me from my sins. Amen. Kyler, why do you give me that whole story? Because it's a mission conference. I would have been here. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Look, it's hard to have your heart right with somebody who you don't know. It's hard to listen to somebody who you don't know personally. Asaph is here. He's come to this realization of everybody else is prospering and I'm not. I've got God, though, and they don't. And he was grieved. You know, God might not call you to go to a foreign field. But he can call you to serve him right here. My wife and I were in a mission conference recently and somebody gave some statistics. And if you give my wife statistics, she is going to fact check you. She is going to make sure you're not lying. So she did. And these are the statistics she found. In the United States of America, there are 2 million deaf individuals. In the United States of America, there are 42 million Spanish-speaking individuals. In the United States of America, there are 41.6 million Africans, 4.4 million Indians, 3.45 million Muslims, 5.4 million Chinese individuals, 2.2 million Vietnamese individuals, 7.6 million Jews, 1 million Ukrainians. Who's reaching them? Missions can be at home just as much as it's away. We need to be reaching those in our community. A quote I found recently says, we may not be able to reach all unsaved people in the world, but by working together in the field, God can use us to accomplish so much more. Kyler, what are you saying? We need you. We need your prayer. We need your encouragement. We need your support. And I love what your presentation video said. We need you to reach the unsaved. We need you to reach the lost. Truly, God is good to us. Number two, truly, God can direct us. And lastly, truly, you can draw closer to God. Continue reading here in verse 24. It says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou, shalt, thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. Catch verse 28 though. It says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. That I may declare all thy works. Is that you tonight? Can you say I've, I draw nearer to God every single day? Can you say I have put my trust in the Lord? And can you say I do want to declare all his works? Missions is such an important thing at home and abroad. How are you involved in it? If you'd join me with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't know you. It's one of the beautiful things about getting to travel the United States of America and preach. I have no clue who you are. If you're here tonight and you can say, you know what, Kyler? I am 100% sure. That is 100%, not 99.9. 99.9% fails in this test, okay? I am 100% sure that if I were to die today that I would go to heaven because I've had a time in my life where I've come and I've asked Christ to come to save me from my sins. If that's you, can you raise your hand? You can put your hands down. There's a flip side to that. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. Hell is a place of eternal torment. It's a place of eternal fire and it's a place of eternal loneliness, a place of eternal separation from God. If you're here and you couldn't raise your hand and you'd say, Kyler, I don't know where I'm going if I were to die today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If you're raising your hand, would you look up at me? Would you go ahead and come? We'd love to tell you. For the rest of you, saying that, you know what, I know who Christ is. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Is there anyone who would say, you know what? Don't raise your hand on this. I've got to get my heart right with God tonight. Before the rest of this week goes on, before we get to the point of what I'm giving to missions this year, I need to take a moment and say, God, I've got to have my heart right with you first. If that's you, when the music begins to play, would you come? And lastly, is there anyone here that would say, you know what? I am saved, I know I'm saved, and I just need to be that person that serves God whenever, wherever, and however. I need to be that person in the offering plate, serving God every day. That's you, would you raise your hand? You've told me, when the music begins to play, would you come to this altar, and would you tell God? Pastor, Pastor,
0: Amen, if you would stand with me as the pianist begins to play. If God's worked in your heart, will you come? One has already come for salvation. How about you? If you're not 100% sure that you're saved, why don't you come up here and take me by the hand? I'll tell you what, I think the passage that was preached tonight communicates one of the greatest problems that we have as American Christians, is that we look at the lost and we look at their prospering and we fail to look at their lost soul. And their financial and uh, prospering, their, their positional prospering, their power, prospering calluses us to the greatest need that they have and that is their salvation but if we'll come to the sanctuary do business with God as Asaph did and realize eternity is the lens by which we should measure every man it'll break our hearts for the lost We have to walk through our life with soul-colored glasses on. How easy it is to get caught in the current of life. To be controlled by this world and all that is raging around us. And forget the most important thing is what God's given us and that's the Great Commission. Does God have your heart? Are you broken over the lost? Do you see the need? I want us to take our hymnals, turn to page 490. Let's sing this together, a verse and chorus of this as we close this evening
2: take my life and let it be consecrated lord to thee take my hands and let
0: be seated at this time we're having our ushers come and hand out our faith promise missions cards please everyone take one whether you're going to make a promise or not we do that so that this can be done in anonymity so no one is singled out everyone take a card you can pass it in we're not asking you to make a promise even if you have a card but everyone take a card and uh, that way we can uh, we can uh, be able to make promises and keep that secret between us and the Lord so our ushers are going to continue to pass those out. As they're passing those out, let me do a little bit of uh, instruction here on this card. First, if you've never been involved in this and you're new at Great Hope, we encourage you to just take a moment and learn some things, all right? And uh, maybe you want to sit here for a few days and and just examine uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Let me talk about what faith promise is this is a voluntary thing that's between you and God. He said, well, how can we fill out a card? Well, that helps us budget, right? And so this is a promise that's between you and God. No one's gonna know about it other than unless you tell them, all right? and our financial secretary who gives out the tax receipts at the end of the year, right? Those are the only people that know about who gives what. And so you say, do you know, preacher? No, I don't know, and I don't want to know. Even when people try to hand me money, I say, I don't take money. you got to go find Brian, all right? That's our business administrator. Or I'll say, put it in that box, all right? And so this this is a promise that you make to God to give through Great Hope Baptist Church for the need of missions or world evangelism around the world, all right? And um, this is something that we do, and we do in a free, as a free will offering. We do this as a voluntary thing. It's between you and the Lord, and I want to encourage you to pray about this. Ask God to move in your heart and to tell you what he'd like you to do and how he'd like you to be involved in Faith Promise. You say, well, what do we do with Faith Promise? Well, our church every year makes these promises. That becomes, we have a goal up here this year, which is... It's going to get there in a second, all right? And then whatever is promised, because 398000 it's right there in multicolored, all right? 398000 is our goal. And whatever is promised, those monies go to support missionaries that are going around the world and evangelistic efforts right here in Chesapeake. And uh, that's where those monies go. These monies don't go to pay for our staff. They don't, par- they don't pave parking lots. They don't build buildings. This is purely for the gospel to go out both here in Jerusalem and around the world. I say Jerusalem, our Jerusalem, which is Chesapeake, and around the world, right? And so we're very specific on how we spend those monies, and, uh, and they're, they're used uh, for missions. Um, let me walk you through this card. It says, Independence Upon God. I will give the world evangelism through Great Hope Baptist Church. And then it gives you a place there to put a number. The, the uh, decimal point is very important. All right? it's very, We even provide it for you. It's so important. We don't want you to mess it up. All right, And uh, you put the amount. And then there is the frequency by which you're going to give. Weekly, biweekly, monthly, or yearly. All right? However God would lead you to give, all right? uh, you would fill that out. And it says, I understand that I will not be built for this. It is a faith commitment between God and me. You're not going to get a letter from the church, right? Uh, we're not going to call you like the insurance companies that want to offer you insurance on your car, right? That's not, never going to happen. It's between you and the Lord. Um, and, uh, and you have to understand that it's a commitment, it's a commitment between you and God. And then it gives you a place for an age group, adult team, and a junior. So, why do you do that? Well, we want our promise to be legitimate. We're going to build our missions budget off of it, all the different things that we can do this year based on the monies that are promised. And so if a junior makes a promise of $1,000 a week, um, we're going to probably set that card aside. And I'll say something like, we got a card here that says $1,000 a week from a junior. And if you have information on that, I'll have you come see Brian, all right? And uh, if you know of a junior that can give $1,000 a week, we want to talk to him. No, I'm kidding, all right? But that's probably not legitimate, and we only want a legitimate promise, all right? And so we do ask that you would put uh, an age uh, mark which category you fall into. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll have some card filling out music, all right? And then our ushers will come in just a moment and collect these. And I would encourage you to pray and ask what God would have you do to be involved in the uh, promotion of the gospel around the world. Father, we pray that you'd use uh, this time, speak to our hearts. Uh, We pray that you would do so throughout the whole conference, Lord, that our church would be engaged and go further uh, than we've ever gone uh, in in the promotion of the gospel and the great commission around the world. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can fill that card out. When you fill that card out, Or if God hasn't led you to do that, that's fine. Just turn it over and pass it to the aisles. And in just a moment, we'll have the ushers come all the way to the front. While they're collecting those, one of the things we do with our young people, our children ages 5 to 12, we have the little passport book, and that's over here at the kitchen window, you can get that; pick, you can pick one of those up and then have Brother Kerr stamp your book tonight, and if you get all the stamps from all the missionaries that speak you get a prize at the uh, at, I think it's on Sunday night we do that, alright, so make sure you pick up one of your passport books alright, you can take those cards pass them in, the ushers will pick those up pass them to the aisle. Make sure we get all the cards in the aisles. Our ushers are sorting those cards now and they're going to bring me the ones that are filled out. This is, this is the time where the pastor is supposed to tell jokes that are not very funny, such as, this is the only time we let our ushers play cards. Ha, ha, ha. I, I, I actually personally love dad jokes. And pastor jokes and dad jokes are very similar. They're very similar. I have a theory behind that. I believe that when... You get ordained in the ministry, and uh, those men put their hands on you to lay hands and ordain you. It sucks all comedy out of the preacher because we'd be tempted to go into stand-up comedy, and God doesn't want that. So we're normally just not funny at all. Let's start with the monthly ones. Here we go. $500 a month. $450 a month. $1,150 a month. This is one of those cards. It says $1,000 a month as a junior. I think though they erased it. I think it's a dollar a month from a junior. We'll go with that. If you're a junior and you put $1,000, let Brian know. Take out $999 of that. Or $50 a month. $100 a month. a month, $3.75 a month from a junior, amen, that's a lot of money from a junior, $1.50 a month from a junior, amen, $650 a month. Fifty dollars a month, forty dollars a month, hundred and seventy five dollars a month, fifty dollars a month, ten dollars a month from a team, amen. Dollar fifty a month from a junior, five dollars a month from a teen, two hundred and five dollars a month, three hundred and fifty dollars a month weekly. A dollar a week from a junior, two hundred dollars a week, fifty dollars a week, twenty five cents a week from a teen yearly, thirty five dollars a year from a junior. Ten thousand dollars a year, thirty five dollars a year from a teen, a dollar a year from a junior, three thousand dollars a year, twenty four hundred dollars a year. $25 $25 a year.
3: Right, what, was, what was the one before the 20?
0: It was $3,000 a year. Yeah. Then $2,400 $2, a year. Okay,
6: $2,400 a year.
0: And then $25 a year from a junior.
5: What was the last one?
0: All right, I got 3000 2400 and then 25. 25. Dollars. Okay. Then $2 a year from a junior. $150 a year. $2.50 a year from a junior. $1 a year from a junior. $15 a year from a junior. $5 a year from a junior. They even put their age, 11. Amen. $25 a year. $100 a year. $500 a year from a teen. Amen. $28.50 a year from an adult. Where are we at? Or for the English majors, where are we? $78,204.50. $78,204.50. Amen. Two lights. Moving on up. Amen. That's a wonderful night. We've had a great night. I'm going to uh, have everyone stand. You have to come back. Come back tomorrow night and see uh, how far we get up on our lighthouse. Amen. I'm going to have our missionaries, if you go ahead and stop, uh, step over to the tile area to where your uh, tables are, even if you don't have a table. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Encourage you to go by and uh, visit with our missionaries. If you have your passport, if you need your passport book, uh, visit the kitchen window. And if you have your passport book, uh, Brother Kerr is going to have our stamp. You can get that stamped. Amen. What a wonderful evening. Let's uh, be closed with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Preacher, if you just lift up your voice and close our service in prayer.